Welcome back to an emergency episode of the Bronx Beat Podcast. Less than an hour after we finished recording uh, the actual episode for this week, the Yankees reportedly have acquired Zach Britton. To discuss this development, I am joined by Scott Moss. Hey there. Long time no talk, Scott. I know. I just uh, was on the podcast with you about an hour ago, and I was saying they should trade for starting pitcher Zach Britton, so I guess they're doing it. Yeah, we're, we're going to discuss that uh, in a minute. Uh, so uh, the Yankees reportedly have traded for Zach Britton. It's not final, and the Orioles are weird, so maybe it won't be final. But right now, uh, the reported trade is Dylan Tate, Cody Carroll, and Josh Rogers. And since I'm getting on a plane tomorrow morning, we are uh, not. We're not. I'm not going to wait till again to, to for this to be official. We're just going to assume that this has happened. Though, if you are listening to this in the future, and the Orioles did an Orioles thing, we'll then enjoy this analysis. Uh, Scott, what do you think about uh, this trade? I'm pretty ecstatic. Uh... They need a starter more, but sometimes you got to go shopping where the bargains are. If a decent starting pitcher, even average, is going to cost you better prospects, and it seems like the going rate for a above-average starter, few as they are, is higher than this prospect price, then by all means go for this guy because, yeah, starters are more valuable than relievers, even if the Yankees weren't more needing of a starter, but you got to think of the playoffs at this point. I mean, the two months left of the season, basically. And, yeah, in the regular season, an average starter throws two and a half, three times as many innings as a reliever. But in the playoffs, you know, an average starter, like the guy they can get, he'll have one start per series of six innings. So the average starter is going to throw six innings in the playoff. Well, one of your top three or four relievers is going to throw about four innings uh, So, and at higher leverage innings. So in the playoffs – a good reliever actually has more value than an average starter. They'll throw about as many innings or close and higher leverage. I also think he's really good Batantis Chapman insurance in two ways. One is that he can close if you're a believer and some guys are closers, some guys aren't. I'm not. But if Batantis or Chapman walk two to three guys to start an inning, and you once pointed this out, the main difference between a closer and your other relievers is the closer is a guy you don't normally have someone come in after. But if Chapman and Bertan just walk some guys and need to be pulled out, like the other day with Chapman, then, and you worry, maybe in the high-pressure playoffs, that's almost more likely that kind of implosion. The guy you really want to come in is a ground ball pitcher when they've walked the guy in first and second. And I think Britain with a 70-80% ground ball rate is perfect for that. Okay, uh, granted, first question I want to ask you, how good is Zach Britton? He's really good. I mean, he's south of the level of... Chapman when he's not imploding or, you know, who else are the guys? Uh, Jansen or Doolittle or Kimbrough. You know, he's not usually those guys, but he's right in the next tier down. I mean, he's at his best. He has a 70, 80 percent ground ball rate, which is insane. Um, This year, he the question is, is he still that good? This year, I just looked his ground ball rate, 64 percent. But that's mainly because when he came back from Achilles tendon surgery and I have a bad Achilles, it's actually really just crippling to do anything on it when it is in bad shape, much less stand on it and land on it like a pitcher does. In June, Britton had a 623 ERA with no control. In July, he's at a zero ERA with about normal strikeout and walk rates. So I think he's back to himself, which is a guy with a low ERA, insane ground ball rates. Um, and he's a lefty too, which is nice. So I think he's he is really, really good. I would have rather had him than... Familia, or honestly, maybe probably rather than Brad Hand, I think, given that 
the heavy ground ballness is just at a premium in, I think, the playoffs where you can have more close games and bring in a guy to put out a fire. And he'll be in the fireman role with guys on base. I think that's huge. So I'm a little more split on this. I, I think two weeks ago on the podcast, the question I asked was, like, what player do you want no part of? My answer was Zach Britton. And, I mean, part of that has changed. I, I've, a little, I've changed a little bit on that, but not that much. Um so their logic against Zach Braden was that essentially the Yankees would think that he's better than he is. And I think that even before that Achilles injury, his control kind of deserted him. And it hasn't come back this season. Now, he hasn't pitched that many innings. And you're right, he hasn't given up. Uh, uh, he's only given up runs in two of his appearances, uh, and they were both uh, over a month ago. So he's he's looked really good lately. Uh, but I'm a little bit concerned that he's not very good. Now, I think it's a, I think if they're planning on using him as a lefty, as like a loogie, I think it's interesting. Um, he, he's a lefty reliever. He's really good against lefties. He, you know, he could be that guy in the Yankees. He could be better than Chase and Shreve. If their scouts have looked at him for the last couple of weeks and said, no, he's back, like he's Zach Burton again, well, then it's a great trade. Like Zach Burton is one of the best closers in baseball. And they paid a higher price for him than uh, the Mets got for Yuri's Familia. So they definitely bought him as if he were a significant piece. And he's a free agent after this season, so this is it. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I don't hate the trade for that reason. We didn't give up a lot for him, so it's hard to hate the trade. But I'm a little bit nervous. And I, I hope it, it, it. the problem with the relief pitcher is that it's hard to tell if he just had a bad outing or if he's bad. And which means that basically it's hard to fail quickly with a reliever. And I'm concerned that he's going to blow a couple games for the Yankees down the stretch. I could be wrong, and he could be the third best reliever and the best bullpen in baseball. Like that's entirely possible. Um, but I'm, I'm concerned. Um, yeah, let me one ask thing, you. One thing corroborating the control problem you're talking about is that this year he's been throwing, I think it's 58% strikes, and he hasn't been better at just pure strike throwing in July, even though he hasn't yielded the walks. Um, in his good years, he threw 63 to 69% strikes. So he's normally, and that's about normal, decent strike throwing, you know, three-fifths to two-thirds. So this year he is a tick worse at strike throwing, even in his last uh, month of good outing. So there is some reason to worry, but given that he just relies on that hard sinker and the velocity is up in the past month too, I think I read, you know, there's reason to think he can just throw it over if he has to, so he's not going to end up, you know, having those implosion innings, uh, hopefully. Yeah, and, you know, maybe maybe the problem is that uh, Caleb Joseph is a terrible framer. You know, he's uh, Zach Britton is one of those players that just lives in that bottom part of the zone, so he's not going to throw a lot of, like, natural strikes because he's he's constantly, you know, at or below the knees, and unless Aaron Judge is batting, it's hard to get calls there. And I, I could see that being the case just because he's got he, he has a terrible framer that he's, he's pitching to right now in, in Baltimore. And I believe Chancisco is not much better. Um, and, you know, the Yankees, you know, say what you want about Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is like a top 10 framer in the league. Um, you know, and uh, I'm not sure where Austin Romine is. I think he's about average. So I think that that's a possibility. And also the Yankees are better, better, have better coaches than the Orioles. They're smarter than the Orioles. I, I, could see, I could see this working out very well for them. I want to talk really quickly about his role on the team now that he's on the team. Um, I We talked in the previous podcast, uh, the episode that was immediately before this, uh, you threw out the idea of turning him into a starter. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> As a relief pitcher, 
what do you think his role in this team is? I mean, are the Yankees uh, people are tweeting right now that the Yankees are pretty much setting up a bullpen game? Is that is that what the Yankees are doing here? Is they're getting ready to to replace Sonny Gray with five relievers? <laughs> I kind of wish they would do that. I think they're not gonna. I think uh, there are three roles I could see. One is that he's I think the best suited due to that ground ball rate to be your fireman that you bring in when the starter or a reliever is having a bad day ends up with guys on first and second with zero to one outs because he's your double play guy with the ground balls. Um, second, for lack of anyone else, he's sort of your loogie. I think whether in any given game he's the loogie or the guy you bring in as the fireman is case by case because he could be either. And, you know, I think it'll depend. But also he's he is a little better against lefties than righties and just is playing good so you can leave him in against righties. So you bring him in against a tough lefty, but then you can leave him in better than a pure loogie. So he's chasing uh, Shreve. Yeah, kind of. He's sort of like good Chase and Shreve, I guess. I see. And then um, I think you're sort of right about bullpen game the following way, which is that last year's wild card game when Severino got shelled and the bullpen was insanely good and David Robertson threw about 140 pitches, I think it was. I think that that's the extreme version of what kind of makes sense for a wild card game, which is you have to leave it all on the table. You have Severino pitch the wild card game, but you probably take him out after five or six both so we can come back on short rest in the next series, but also because just shorten the game. I mean, Severino's awesome, but I don't know that there are any pitchers in baseball as good third or fourth time through the order as the Yankees' top three relievers will be. So sort of bullpen game in that I think you want to sh- – with this bullpen, you will shorten a lot of games in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that to me is interesting, like the, the combined bullpen. But on that note, why make this trade when Tommy Conley is still a triple-A? Like they don't, yeah. they, they clearly don't need another reliever. They have a perfectly great one sitting at AAA pitching well right now. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, well, I never know what to do with some guy being a AAA, whether a guy on the way up like Sheffield or a guy on the way back like Conley or, you know, Oliver Perez looks really good at AAA, actually. I looked at his uh, walk rate, striker rate, swinging strike rate, uh, he's throwing strikes. So he's a lefty. Why isn't he better than Chase and Shreve? And I think the answer is that I just got to throw up my hands and say they've been watching Tommy Conley every day at AAA and something's bugging him. Uh, he was always just on this side of having the control. I mean, other than 2017, he has had bad control his whole career. So it's not that implausible to say that um, unless 2017 is for real and everything before is ancient history. Maybe he's just that guy. We talked about this when they got him last year. You know, you have to really believe that. And frankly, in 2017, his control was terrific with the White Sox and slightly subpar with the Yankees. So I don't know what they're seeing. And you can't go by AAA walk rates entirely. I think his walk rate's okay at AAA. You might have looked more recently. But even if his walk rate's okay, yeah, you can fool AAA hitters into swing and the garbage that's thrown hard and breaks hard like a major league pitch. But I, I just suspect they don't believe in the control. Yeah, I think that um, there's no obvious player for him to replace at the moment just because it's hard to – the Yankees don't have players that have options. And so, like, it, it's it's not that – I think if the Yankees had a spot for him, he'd be up. It's just that they, there's no way to do it without losing a player. You know, they called it Domingo Acevedo, I think, just temporarily uh, while they're while they were essentially waiting for Luis Sessa, so Luis Sessa is going to replace him on the roster. But you know, if um, if they weren't planning on basically immediately sending down Domingo Acevedo, they would. Uh, I think they would call up Conley. Is probably my guess. Um, 
I, I my, here's my theory. I have a couple of theories. One, once you hit the a bullpen game becomes a lot easier once you hit the playoffs because you don't have to carry five starting pitchers. You can replace some of those starting pitchers with major league players, and so you um, you you can add you can give a spot to another relief pitcher, and so you can have eight relief pitchers, and four of them could be the starter for a game, and that makes sense. Um, the other thing is that this is going to be one hell of a September call-up. Um, the, the Yankees are going to have really competitive baseball in September. They have a bunch of games against the Red Sox. They're currently, if the scores hold up tonight, the Yankees just won. We're recording this just as the last, the, the Tanaka finishes the game out, and he looked awesome. So that's that's a whole other podcast. That's great news. Um, but the, the Red Sox are losing, so the Yankees will be five game back of the Red Sox. I think the Yankees are going to like go all out in September, and they're going to have on their roster Clint Frazier. They're going to have Kyle Higashioka, hopefully Gary Sanchez. They're going to have Brandon Drury if he's not traded. They're going to have Tyler Wade. They're going to have Tyler Austin. Like They're going to have an actual 40-man team for the most part, and that's going to include a million relievers, and Zach Britton's going to be one of those. Uh, until then, I suspect that they won't go bullpen game until then, um, and that they will instead just have a really short leash with Sonny Gray and Domingo Herman is my guess. I would hope that they will just tell Domingo Herman like, just go all out. Like, just give us three innings. Three innings, throw 100 miles an hour, and that's it. That's kind of my guess. Yeah, I go think so. I mean, it's not officially a bullpen game, and you put it better than I did, but that's what I was thinking, which is that in the wild card or the playoffs – it's sort of a bullpen game whenever someone by the third or fourth inning looks like he doesn't have it, basically. You know, so whether well, it's the Sebast- first inning, Luis Severino. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was an extreme case of, boy, he had he, everything was up. He just, yeah, I'm not a big fan of saying guys look nervous, but the Rockies did the exact same thing where their ace lasted one third of an inning in the wild card game. And it was the same thing, just power pitcher leaving everything up, being too amped as a young guy. But yeah, I think that one thing that, I'd be excited to see the Yankees do is sort of specialize a little more. I mean, normally the way you win baseball games is by having the best players. Uh, you know, it's um, it sounds simple, but if you're really playing close, competitive September games for the um, division, and you probably have a wild card game at this point, you know, specialists like the ground ball guy. It's a little variant of what I was, you know, talking about. I think a couple ago, which is that there's some even worse version of Billy Hamilton out there. Like, I just looked at yeah. the stack as, you know, get some guy who just runs, you know, like the Flash, and he should be on your September roster. He doesn't even have to make the just playoffs. Billy Hamilton. Right, right, right. But, like, huh. there are even worse versions out there. Like, Peter Borjos is almost as fast. He's a terrible baseball player in every way. But as a defensive replacement, like, on the September roster, don't even have him in the playoff roster. Just... Every single game, put him in the eighth inning as a pinch runner for somebody in defensive replacement, almost every. You know, you can't normally spend the roster spot on that, but go all out, like you're saying. It's leaving nothing on the table in September because they're probably a wild card team, but there's a big difference between wild card and regular, both because, hey, wild card game, anything can happen, and B, you know, the biggest cost of being the wild card team is that you don't get Luis Severino in game one of the next series. Yeah, which also means that you're going to have to get Sonny Gray or bullpen game in game three of the next series. I mean, I, that, right. that's that's why I'm... I, the Yankees are definitely still short a starter, and I think... I don't think... I think there will be another emergency podcast where people who are not me, because I'll be on vacation, uh, will be uh, looking for... We'll, we'll be discussing the starter that they trade for. So I still think that's an option. Let's talk real quick about the return for Zach Britton. Uh, so the Yankees gave up three prospects. They gave up Dylan Tate, probably the highlight of the deal, Cody Carroll, 
and my favorite pitcher in the minor leagues, Josh Rogers. <laughs> so, Scott, what do you think about the package they they gave up for Zach Britton? Yeah, you know, everybody listening, I just uh, sent EJ a gif of Kathy Bates talking about being uh, James Conn's number one fan in misery because you are <laughs> Josh Rogers' number one fan, although probably you weren't going to smash his ankles with a sledgehammer. But Oh, sorry for the spoiler of a movie from 30 years ago, folks. But Josh Rogers, yeah, I'm not convinced this is a really um, heavy return they gave up because Dylan Tate's their number nine prospect. But keep in mind, the Yankees had a great system. We still think of them as having a great system, but... It's so depleted, most even guys graduating, that I'm not convinced that Dylan Tate is really a top 10 prospect on a lot of teams. Uh, we'll get back to him because um, Cody Carroll, I didn't know much about, but he seems like I just don't like these guys. Your standard, he's a two-pitch righty reliever. He didn't get the AAA until 25. He has below average control. I mean, these guys grow on trees. There's, you know, there's about the six next... ex-Yankees that fit that profile on other right, teams right. at the, the moment. George Some Contos, are pitching well, but yeah. right, George Contos, Preston Claiborne, Johnny Barbado, right? Like righties with a fastball slider, which is what this guy has, and almost enough control, but not enough to really be reliable. I mean, he's basically yeah, Ramirez, Kirby Yates, Caleb Smith, <laughs> Rusty, but still, like I, the, the Yankees have have just thrown these guys off for for a decade now. Right, and Cody Carroll's number fifteen on the top thirty list from MLB Pipeline. Gallego, Giovanni Gallegos is nineteen, and sort of the same guy. I mean, Gallegos has better control, slightly worse stuff, similar performance. I mean, they grow on trees. So he's number fifteen. Guess guess he is reasonably likely to be a somewhat effective major league reliever, but he's not a guy who's going to be your top three in your bullpen, so you're not going to miss him. He's um, not even cracking the current Yankee bullpen, right? Like, he's yeah. not even close to it. Tommy Conley's a AAA. Like, Cody Carroll's low down in the pecking order, uh, order. And I'll leave you to talk about Josh Rogers. You know, this is sort of your last chance to talk about him. Yeah. Well, until he beats the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, here's what I think is weird. The Yankees right now are badly hurting for starting pitching. And they just trade away two of their n- near major league starting pitchers. Like if there was a, an injury tomorrow to, God forbid, Luis Severino, probably one of Josh Rogers or Dylan Tainers is getting the call up. Maybe Domingo Acevedo being the third guy. That's not good. Like the, the Yankees are, I don't think that these guys are great. I think Dylan Tate's got potential, but his numbers don't really scream out, jump out at you, even after the Yankees have kind of put him back together. And Josh Rogers, for as much as I like to talk about him, hasn't been good for the last month or so. But, like, they're starters. They're replacement-level players, and the Yankees are kind of short on that right now. So I'm a little bit concerned about who gets called up in the event of an injury, and I suspect that there's another trade coming for the Yankees Um it's a little weird to trade from your depth like that, but for for a player that you don't really need, like Zach Britton. But you know, part of me thinks that either the Yankees think that Dylan Tate in particular isn't very good. Like, there's always been some question of whether or not Dylan Tate's just a relief pitcher, and you throw him in the Cody Gar- Carroll world of just you know disposable relief pitchers. Um, either he, either they're not that good, and um, my free Josh Rogers thing has been wrong all this whole time. Or they think that Zach Britton is going to be the old Zach Britton. And if Zach Britton is the old Zach Britton, then he's better than Araldis Chapman, right? I mean, there's there's real potential there for an extremely good player. But I think only somebody with the scouting knowledge that a professional scout from the New York Yankees would have can make that judgment. And I'm not in a position to judge it other than I trust the Yankees. Yeah, and to be clear, I don't think you're wrong on Josh Rogers in that he was a something like... 500th round draft pick who 
became really, I suspect, the number two guy in the trade. I mean, uh, Cody Carroll's the better ranked prospect, but the Orioles have to be looking at Rodgers and saying, there's a chance he's a starting pitcher for us right now. Um, and that's, you know, a thing that I suspect they cared about. Um, Dylan Tate, you know, what I can't get past is I don't know how to evaluate guys in the lowish minors, and he's still a double-A, but here there's certain things that strike you as red flags by those who know, which is he's 24, he's still a double-A. I know he was hurt and missed a little time, but he was the number four overall pick, and he still is a well-regarded prospect. But normally a guy who's that well-regarded prospect isn't traded twice in two to three years, which is to say that he's sort of the opposite of a Glaber Torres, where the Cubs drafted him, loved him, and the Yankees kept viewing him as the one that got away, and they kept following him and asking for him, and they finally got him. You know, there, there are prospects that people don't want to give up and would just say, go away, we're not giving them to you. The Yankees tend to say that about their top one or two at any given time. And I think Dylan Tate, you know, he's just one of those guys who you can see where he throws mid-90s, can hit 98. He has a good slider reportedly. You know, I only have seen a little bit of him on clips, and I don't know what I'm seeing. He's Anthony Avali. Yeah, he could be. I mean, but he's not even – he doesn't even throw – he doesn't throw 100. The, the, it's not like a knee-buckling breaking ball. You can see how this guy would be rated well as an amateur because he had almost major league stuff or kind of major league stuff, but none of it seems like it's really elite major league stuff and the control's okay and just all the numbers and the reports say he's not really missing bats. So he could be a guy who has a couple above average pitches but is never going to be anything really special. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's probably like the odds are he's a relief pitcher at this point, and maybe he's like an okay starter. Um, but you know, the, the I don't think we're gonna miss him all that much, even though he, you know he he'll be playing the Yankees pretty pretty frequently. I want to say it is notable that the the Orioles traded with the Yankees. That wasn't supposed to happen, didn't? Wasn't there a trade called off like a year ago? That was the Orioles. I forget what it was. Yeah, the word is they don't want to trade with the Yankees, and this is my favorite stupid, stupid, stupid thing that makes me think, okay, even in the Moneyball era, teams are dumb. Because here's the thing. If you're the, Ori- right, if you're the <laughs> Orioles and you can trade Josh Britton to the Astros or the Yankees for similar prospects, wouldn't you pre- you should prefer to give him to the Yankees because... 100%. Right, because he's going to be a free agent and you're depriving your rival of good prospects, right? There's value in just the Orioles knowing that the Yankees lost two to three pretty good prospects. I mean, that's that's a feature, not a bug, trading within the division. So I've never understood that. Mets, Yankees, maybe, because they're different leagues and whatnot. But back to well, Tate. The Yankees you know, should be the one who don't want to trade with the Orioles right. in the division. That makes right. sense. Like, you don't want to empower your rival in the future years. Right. You don't want to give up prospects and make that team better. Because generally, when you're giving up prospects for the stretch run, you know, rental, then you're giving up more value than you're getting. And you don't want to basically improve your rival. But and getting back to Tate, by the way, just another telling thing is that, you know, the Yankees... It's interesting how they're, I love this, they're willing to call up guys and have others jump them in line. Loisica, Domingo Acevedo. You know, it's telling that they jump Sheffield and Tate in line. Now, with Sheffield, there's an obvious reason, which is that the control isn't quite there yet. It's not awful, but not great. Um, with Tate, you know, his control's pretty good at AA, according to the walk rate. So there's just something about him that just seemed not promising, not ready, or less than beats the eye, I think. Yeah, I... I think this is not the biggest trade of the trade, trade deadline, and uh, the Yankees will be fine. Uh, rip, just Josh Rogers. That's very sad. Uh, Scott, any any final thoughts on Zach Britton before we end this emergency podcast? No, I mean, sometimes to evaluate a trade, you have to know what comes next. This sentence comes up in free agent signings, which is, I like this free agent signing, but not if this is all they get. 
And I think we'll have to see what starter they get. I mean, but if the answer is that they just couldn't get a starter without, you know, giving up, uh, you know, either Floriel or Sheffield, then okay, don't give up a starter and you just have to make do with what you have. I, I like the idea of this either as in addition to giving up, getting a starter, or as a substitute if you just find the starter prices are too high. It works either way. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, then it's going to be interesting to see how the Yankees approach the next turn through the rotation. I think Domingo Herman is probably the guy in the hot seat, though. Apparently, Sonny Gray, teams are interested in trading for Sonny Gray, uh, which, I don't know, tells you something about the starting pitcher market right now. Uh, I'm not... I, I'm. I'm not holding my breath that some team is going to take Sonny Gray off their hands, but it, off our hands. But it would be interesting if they essentially acquire like a slightly less flawed starter for Sonny Gray, and then the other team kind of hopes that Sonny Gray puts it together and, and they can trade him later. We will continue to see with that. Scott, thank you for joining me, everybody. This has been an emergency podcast. Your next podcast in this feed might be an emergency podcast. It might just be when I get back from my vacation. We will see. If you like podcasts, hope that the Yankees do something. Thank you for joining me, Scott. Everybody, have a great night for the second podcast of the night. This has been your Bronx Beat Podcast.